Hello and welcome to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times with me, Peter Morden from Cornerstone Baptist Church in the wonderful city of Leeds. The title of this session is Future Future Proofed, if I can say it properly, Future Proofed. And the reading that we're going to have is 1 Corinthians 15 verses 25 to 34. We're going to look at some very controversial and difficult to understand verses today. So let's come to God. We always need his help. We always need to pray before we come to the scriptures. And that is especially so today. Lord, we thank you for your word, the Bible, in totality. We thank you for the bits that we know well and the bits that we don't know so well. We thank you for the letters like Paul's here to the Corinthians. We thank you for the fourfold gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We thank you for the Old Testament as well as the New, the narrative parts that we find it hard to engage with. We thank you that it's your word to us and that you speak to us through it. And Lord, thank you for your word to us today in these verses, verses that people have wrestled over and struggled with down the ages. Today, O Lord, give us insight, give us eyes to see, and strengthen us for practical Christian living in the present. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 25, and I will read through to verse 34. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him, who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Now if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptised for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptised for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Well, the mention in verse 26 of the last enemy, that is death, just reminds us, 
been on this journey for a while of a previous podcast on the Pilgrim's Progress where Christian and Hopeful approached the river of death and it was a real struggle for them. If you know of someone who is approaching death and it's so difficult, pray for them today that God would be with them and would see them through. That's not where I want to focus today, though. I want to focus on the really difficult verse, verse 29. It would be very easy to emulate Superman and leap over verse 29 with a single bound, but I promise not to duck the difficult issues in these podcasts, and so here goes. What is baptism for the dead? The major academic commentary on 1 Corinthians by Anthony Thistleton considers in depth 13 different understandings, the ones that he considers to be the most important or the ones that have had most traction in the life of the church as people have wrestled with these verses. But actually 13 different understandings is really only the tip of the iceberg, as many more solutions than these have been proposed. What does it mean? Well, probably the first thing to say is that we can't say for absolute certainty. But the phrase most likely refers to some form of proxy baptism. The New Revised Standard Version translates baptism on behalf of the dead, and that's probably a better translation than what we have in the New International Version. Some have nuanced this idea by suggesting that a person may have made a deathbed confession to Christ. There was no time to baptise them, so someone else underwent the rite in their place. But this is speculative. What I think is happening here is some form of proxy baptism. And the reason that there are so many different understandings is that we want to try and wriggle out of the plain meaning. Paul can't possibly be saying that. The Corinthians can't possibly be doing that. But I think... And many commentaries agree that this is probably what is meant here, being baptised on behalf of someone who is dead. Now, if you're still with me, if you haven't turned off, and if you haven't dismissed me as a heretic, what are we to make of this? Well, a number of things I would want to emphasise I said in my previous comment, surely Paul isn't saying this. In a sense, Paul isn't advocating this. And we should be clear that he doesn't support the practice. He merely mentions it. He merely notes the fact that it happens in Corinth, a church that for all its spirit-filled life is riddled with issues of belief and behaviour. Does Paul perhaps mention it and pass over it because he has more important things to tackle and can leave this one till he visits them? 
for the sake of clarity, I do want to strongly urge listeners to these podcasts not to be baptised for the dead. It was happening in Corinth, but it's not something that we should transpose into our current day. And it's not something that Paul advocates. To be absolutely clear, this practice is mentioned, but the word of God is nowhere telling us to do it. What such a practice probably reflects is a deep yearning for others to experience salvation. We might imagine in Corinth, someone has died, they don't appear to have known Christ, it's maybe a relative, a friend, a valued colleague, and a Corinthian Christian, unsure of their theology, has undergone baptism for them because there was just that deep longing for this person to be saved. If someone, of course, is living and cannot be baptised, there is no need to fear, as Jesus' reassurance to the dying thief on the cross vividly demonstrates. Many of you will know that the thief turns to Jesus and says, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, Truly, today you will be with me in paradise. Was the dying thief baptised? Of course not. But we have on the lips of Jesus full assurance that that man would be with him and will be with him forever. So don't be worried about that. But if you have a yearning for others to be saved, it is best met by speaking to them while they can still respond, for it is faith in Christ rather than proxy baptism that counts. All those who trust in Christ will be saved. As 1 Corinthians 15 demonstrates so wonderfully, the death and resurrection of Jesus guarantee it. So I think that when Paul visited Corinth, he would say to them, this baptism for the dead, don't worry about that. Tell people about Jesus while they are still alive. And I think he wants to say to us this morning, reaching down through the centuries, as it were, tell people about Jesus. Tell your friends, tell your neighbours, tell your work colleagues, tell dearly loved family. Uh, Live a godly life among them, absolutely. Commend Christ by your example. And yet a time comes when you need to speak, when you need to share the reason for the hope that is within you. Don't wait, don't put it off until it's too late. Speak to others about the Lord Jesus. Let's turn these thoughts into prayer as we come to God now. Think of the old hymn, the missionary hymn by Frank Houghton, Facing a Task Unfinished. Facing a task unfinished which drives us to our knees. Lord, we come to prayer now and either metaphorically or literally we're on our knees to you and we plead to you 
for those that we know and love who don't know Jesus as Saviour and Lord. Work in their hearts, savingly we pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Draw them to yourself. In these days when the foundations of our society are being shaken, we pray that these times would be used just by you, O Lord, to create a real felt need for something different and then showing them, Lord, by the power of your Spirit that you are able to meet that need gloriously, wonderfully, superabundantly in Jesus. Lord, we pray for those that we know. We name them before you. We pause and lift them to you in our hearts. And we pray that you would help us to be the answer to our prayers and that you would give us such a life and such an example and such words to speak all by the power of the Holy Spirit that we might commend you and we might have the joy of leading others to know you. Help us, strengthen us, be with us, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.